I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 151 of the Cantabite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? You know, I'm hanging in there. How are you doing? Eh, same. I have some candles going, so it is going to be a romantic podcast session. Wow. That's, that's special. Well, maybe we're there bad luck because my computer just froze, so... Who knows? But they smell nice. What What is the scent? Well, there's three of them. There's Georgia peach. Um, it's uh, apple. I think it's like apple cinnamony. And then the other one is a blue candle. And they all smell good. They're all from Target. I only get my candles from Target because I love Bath and Body Works. But their candles are so expensive and so like small oh i get their candles when they're on sale which they do a couple times a year they'll be like you know like half off and then they're a pretty good deal i love their holiday ones like there's this one that's like hot chocolate and it smells like so delicious yeah i like the food ones or like the coffee ones i don't yeah the coffee ones are good i don't like floral ones particularly I like the ones that remind me of, like, places or, like, make me feel calm. Like, I swear to God, there's this candle at Target that smells like um, Pandora at Animal Kingdom. <laughs> that is and it very just, specific. It, it mind boggles me every time I smell it. I'm just like, whoa, I am in Florida, in Pandora, not waiting in line for two hours of Flight of Passage. Because some idiot is right now. Remember that. Fuck all of those people. Hmm. How's your week been? Eh, it was a week. How about you? Eh, same. I'm glad I made it, though. I have been making up for my stressful week by relaxing, eating good food, and just surrounding myself with happiness and candles. So I'm good. 
That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So. We actually have news this week. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a new Star Wars show. Uh, we're probably we're not going to get into this a whole ton because we already spent like two hours talking about this on Steel Wars. So check out that episode because it was a whole lot of fun. But we talked about this a lot. And that is the Bad Batch spinoff that's going to come out next year. Yeah. We're not very excited about it. No, I think that is correct. Um, trying to, I mean, okay, obviously, like, not everybody listens to this, listens to Steel Wars, but I think a lot of people do. So, I don't know, like, this is, you know, like, with anything, you could take anything and any characters, and somebody could make a good story out of it. The question is whether we have any faith that Star Wars is going to make a good story out of this. And I just don't think they are. And maybe, you know, like I would, I'm happy to be pleasantly surprised. It's not like I'm not going to give it a chance, but at the same time, I can't hear bad batch spinoff and get at all excited. Yeah. I just, I don't get it after all, all the spinoffs that they could do. They're giving us this. And I get that the clone wars was like such big hype. A couple months ago, but also, I feel like how about not a spinoff? How about something new away from this that isn't still in this godforsaken timeline? They will not let us leave. They don't want us to. Like, they want us to forever stay in this weird prequel era, like, before the events of A New Hope. Like, they just don't want to go further because maybe they just do don't know what anything. to do. Go, like, and you don't have to go, like, post um, episode nine if you're, you know, you don't want to step on, you know, what you might want to do with the movies further down the line. But... Then pick another time, like pick something a couple thousand years ago or anything else at all. Literally anything. They're such cowards. They are. And they're so incapable of making this the show that the show that should be made about, you know, it's basically these soldiers whose fucking brothers turned against them. And, you know, they're probably going to be dealing with all of this like sadness and confusion, but I mean, they're only going to touch on that for like five minutes and then it's just going to be jokes and clankers and clone talk and shit. Like it's not going to be anything like, not that anyone's going to be able to relate to, but it, it just doesn't make sense. Like I don't, who wanted this? I don't know. It's just like, it's on the face of it. It's just so boring. Yeah. Like, even the arc was a little disappointing. Like, I liked the fucking unfinished arc better than the finished yeah, arc. Yeah, I never, I never saw any of the, like, you know, pre-Clone Wars coming back version of it. But 
I mean, it's just like these lazily cliched stock 80s action movie dude characters. And the thought of basing an entire show around that is exhausting to me. Yeah, I don't even think that people know who these guys are. I think it's just an excuse for... Well, because they're not characters. Merchandise. Yeah. But think about all the merchandise that's going to come out because of this. Like, I mean, you just... say that, but look how badly they bungled Clone Wars merch, which is just coming out now. True. Like, I am, you know, I think of the Mandalorian, but I mean, the Mandalorian was like its own thing. Like, it was its own beautiful, structured thing. Huh. I don't know. I mean, it could be bad. It could be good. Either way, like, I'm still going to watch it. We're going to review it every week. You know, say what we think about Dude, it. Dude, if I don't like it, I'm not watching it every week. I'm giving it two episodes. That's fine. Yeah. Just don't expect us to be, like, happy, happy about it. Because you're listening to the wrong podcast if you think that we're going to review this and be like, this is such a great show. I love how all the clones are so funny and their humor and I love for only five minutes how they go into, you know, deep shit. And then the rest of the episode is them just tripping over things like that's just what Star Wars is, is tripping over nothing. That's a lie, guys. That's a lie. But I don't know. I'm not really excited, but... If you haven't yet, check out um, the Steel Wars episode that we were on with Corey Van Dyke and Noah Outlaw from Kessel Run Transmissions. That was so much fun. Yeah, I had a great time like talking to them. Like I, I much more enjoyed talking to them and Steel than I do like think I'm going to enjoy this show. But we should make that a weekly thing when that show is on for us to sit down and roundtable discuss what yeah, we that thought. Yeah, would require that I watch the show every week. Yeah, but wouldn't it be fun just to sit down with, you know, three, four of your friends. I almost said three, four of your friends. I Guess which know. one of them is not my it? friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's a that's like a that's like a variant on on fuck Mary Kill, but it's much more depressing and mean spirited. That's like some like middle school shit. <laughs> One right of there. these people I don't actually like. Guess who it is? <laughs> oh God, man, that gives me like throwbacks to like middle school oh. shit. Let me tell you, holy hell, God, I remember one year. Um, I was friends with these girls and I don't know, I was a weird kid, so I didn't have too many friends and it was April Fool's Day and one of them comes up to me and she's like, Brittany, um, we need to talk. Um, no one wants to hang out with you anymore. Um, you can't hang out with us. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I walk away. She's like, wait, April Fool's. Ha! And I'm like. Dude, n- nobody nobody should be friends with middle school age girls. Middle school age girls are the fucking worst people on earth. Just so bad. Like, 
I still have like flashbacks of like just awful shit of just like people throwing things at me. Uh, I have like a dent in my fucking nose that everyone probably sees from a mile away because people will throw basketballs in my face and I wore glasses. So like, but yeah, rough fucking times, man, but I made it. But yeah, Bad Batch. Um, no thank you, but thank you. No, it's just sort of like, you know, like, again, like, fingers crossed, like, they pull something out and they make it something, you know, good. But, I, like, like, until that happens, I have zero excitement for it. Yeah. Same. Huh. <sighs> Well, shall we move on to the next exciting prequel news? Yeah, which is maybe Hayden Christensen is going to be in the Kenobi series. I'll take it. Yeah, and, you know, this is not confirmed yet, but we have been told by people we trust that it seems like a pretty much a done deal. So... Yay! I mean, here's the thing that's weird. I mean, I, look, they, I mean, when it first came out, it was going to be like this, like at least a couple of the sides, like it's going to be a major role, and I'm like, that seems wrong. First of all, because it can't really be, because I, I mean, you can't have them meet, right? No, but you can do like flashbacks or maybe like hallucinating scenes, like Obi Wan's like hallucinating or something. Yeah, but then and- hopefully, then not, hopefully not like half the series is him hallucinating shit. And flashbacks also are going to be weird because you'd have to de-age them both, and that technology is real hit or miss. You never know. Like, I still think that they both look really good for their ages. Sure. And Hayden looks younger than he is. But looking good for your age is different than looking like you did 30 years ago. Like, Ewan's a good looking dude. He doesn't he doesn't look like he did 20 years ago. Yeah. I guess that's true. I don't know how they would do it. Like, maybe they would have him in the Darth Vader suit. Like, maybe he's going to be Vader. Yeah, but then, like, it can't be a major role, right? Because he can't meet. They can't meet. Well, maybe he's going to be, like, the main villain. Like, maybe he's going to be all over the the galaxy looking for Obi-Wan. Like, that's the series is, you know, where's Waldo? That seems unsatisfying, though, if your main villain is... And then they never actually confront each other in the show. So this is why I think it's got to be like, a, I would hope, a minor role. Not because I don't want to see Hayden, because I'm glad, you know, if he, if he gets to come back and is embraced by fandom, that's great. Because the dude deserves it after, like, all the shit he's taken. But, it, like, just in terms of storytelling... It seems like it'd have yeah. to be a smaller role. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like my enthusiasm for, you know, Hayden coming back to Star Wars after, what, fucking, like, 15 years? Like, 
nothing else matters. Like, I know that, like, oh, what's he going to be? What's he going to be? Like, I feel like I don't care about those details. What I care about is that, like, Hayden's, like, finally coming back. Because I feel like people gave Hayden, like, so much shit. Which an actor doesn't deserve. You know? Like, I feel like it's blatantly obvious now that it was just all George is doing. It's not all George is doing. Like, look, the actors suck in those movies. And that's partially the actor's fault. But there's a big difference between being like, hey, he kind of sucks in this movie and making that like a personal, like, go fuck yourself. You were terrible in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I just I have a soft spot for Hayden, too. Like, I grew up watching the prequels, mainly the prequels, like the original trilogy was there. But I feel like once I started getting older, you know, becoming more of an adult, I came to you know really respect the original trilogy but just seeing these characters again is just going to bring that nostalgia back like so much and I really want it to be good I really trust that Deborah Chow is going to blow this out of the fucking park because she's so good and I'm excited to see what kind of show this is going to be um I mean, I don't care how much Hayden's in it. The fact that he's in it, that's all that matters. Like, he can be in every single episode or just one. Like, just the fact that he's on my screen again. He's playing Anakin Skywalker. He's doing some work. Like, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, you know what sucks is that... What? If this is true, which I I, I feel like it probably is, it sucks that he doesn't get to come out on stage on Celebration for that announcement to happen. And, like, feel the audience completely lose their shit and just, like, the love of that. And that that makes me sad. Yeah, that does. Like, I just got chills, like, you just saying that right now. I, I can't imagine all the announcements that we could have received at celebration you know uh the obi-wan series the bad batch like so many panels that we actually like could have had now that all these all this news is coming out and it's just unfortunate like it sucks that they're not doing like a virtual panel or something like a little zoom because that would be so awesome for them to for lucasfilm to be like hey we're gonna have a little zoom session to talk about you know the one series or talk about bad batch or talk about this or that you know, give the fans some, you know, behind the scenes info or some like trailers possibly. But that's the thing is that this pandemic has been keeping all these people from, you know, going out there and creating these series. Like, thank God, I think the Mandalorian, they finished like all. Yeah, but they're still like, set, look, right? like, obviously, like things are going to get delayed and, and, and it's fucking up with. For, for casting and Obi-Wan and stuff like that. But you could still do, you like, they still could have done virtual celebration. They could have announced Bad Batch that way. They could have, like, announced um, Hayden and Obi-Wan that way, too. You do a Zoom call, and then you do, like, a, oh, well, one, we have one more person we want you to, who's going to be in it we want you to see. And then, boom, they pull up Hayden. And they're just... I'm always, and, and true, like, they haven't made an official announcement about that either way. But, like, with a bad batch, they just sort of dump it. Like, on Twitter, I am still somehow constantly surprised at how bad they are 
at announcing projects. Well, yeah, they're so bad because the second that they announce it, it's, you know, canceled the next second. Like, they don't know how to properly handle but, look, they're like, announcements that's like, that's or literally projects. Like, an entire department. Like, you have people who do that for a living. How, how are you not better at this? You are a billion-dollar company. It's so frustrating. It's a strange thing, and it's it's very frustrating. And it's probably, I don't want to say not worth it, because, like, honestly, like, a lot of Star Wars fans are, like, fans, like, the, the crazy-ass people online who are, you know, saying shit to John Boyega and Ryan Johnson, like, maybe they just don't want to try because of people like them. Well, that's dumb, because, I mean, you look at the numbers about that, it's fucking ridiculous. Those people are such a small minority, and not that, like, they aren't a huge problem, because they, they you know, are. but they are, but they're also, like, such a small number. And I, I can't like the the calculus there of oh we aren't going to reach these millions of people because we're afraid of like pissing off these couple dozen people is is a bad calculus. Yeah, maybe they just think that we're toxic fandom and that I don't know. It's like I'm trying to like. You know, why are you always so like defensive of these people? I just, I'm not defensive. It just, it's like, I just, I can't believe that they can be this bad at their job. But they are. I mean, quite obviously. Like, there has to be a reason. Like, you know, I'm, there has to be a reason for like fucking everything, I hope. And I really hope that there's a reason why, like, this is so fucking hard for them, you know, especially with all the, the news leaking and just like this or that or like why Kathleen fired the directors of Solo or why this or that like there has to be a reason why shit is so bad at Lucasfilm like Look, I don't, I don't care about firing the guys who did Solo I mean I don't care about the fire like that happens it just we know more about it now because the fucking internet people get fired from projects all the goddamn time but I, I at the same time like you know, they keep like just sort of like dumping these things into the ether and then not doing anything with it. Like, like the Ryan Johnson announcement and then like, like the Taika Waititi announcement, which like, yeah, I'm excited that Taika's doing a movie, but there's nothing to get excited about because all the announcement is, is, oh, he's going to do a Star Wars movie at some point that will be about something. I'm going to be surprised if that fucking happens. Like, I don't trust them. And I think that makes me more sad than anything is that we can't trust Lucasfilm to provide us with accurate information. Well, they don't provide us with any information. Yeah. It just makes me really respect like Marvel and like Kevin Feige because I know that they're really good at announcements like their panels are always so fucking fantastic and 
And, you know, I'm not as educated in the Marvel fandom as I am, you know, with, like, Star Wars fandom. But, like, it just it makes me, like, respect Kevin Moore and everyone who works there because well, it seems way more organized and way more... Well, also, what they do is... And, and I get that it's, like, you're, you're dealing... Like, the franchises have a lot of, like, big differences. But Marvel go, here's the next 12 movies we're working on. And yeah, sometimes those things will change. We've seen plenty of directors come and go from Marvel movies. Um, you know, that happened it happened just with uh fucking the new Doctor Strange, obviously like Ed- Edgar Wright's Ant-Man, which still makes me annoyed because that would have been an awesome movie. Like so yeah, things change, but they they still they are still like here's what we're shooting for. And of these 12 movies, maybe maybe only 11 of them happen, but here's the next 12 we're working on anyway. Yeah. I don't know. And with Star Wars, it's like, uh, here's this. Um, here's possibly this. Like, everything's just one big question mark. Like, we don't know what Star Wars will be in five years. While with Marvel, we know what it's going to be possibly like 10 years. We don't now. know what Star Wars is like, like two years. We don't know what the next Star Wars movie is. Like, we don't know who's doing it. We don't know what it's about. We don't even we don't know if it's a movie or a trilogy. It's just, I don't know. It's it's hard to get excited when they don't give us anything to be excited about. Is it harsh to say that it's not fun anymore? I don't think so. And look, I don't want I don't want spoilers. I don't want yeah. like big plot deep, but I do want to know, hey, this person is making a, you know, they're going to make two movie series that is set in this era and it's gonna be like a fucking like pirate adventure or something or this person's gonna make a trilogy that's about this character and that's all we got like that's all i need to know i don't need then 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 we have something to talk about then fandom can be like oh i wonder what that means and oh i wonder if this person is gonna show up and oh i wonder if they're gonna explore this or this or this but when the announcement is just at some point taika watiti is probably going to make a star wars movie okay like at some point steven spielberg's gonna direct another film but i don't like i can't get excited about that because he's just i don't know what that is it's just a movie that might exist at some point there's nothing to talk about there it's just such a big roadblock and it's just it's so frustrating because it's like you know we're a star wars podcast we talk about star wars every week but like how can we continue talking about something that you know, makes us both like super annoyed and it's just a big roadblock. Like I want to be positive, you know, like earlier, you know, I want to give reasons why like maybe some people are fucking up, but they're just fucking up and it just, it's not fun to sit here and be like, Oh, they're, they're fucking up again. Or, Oh, look, like we're not probably not going to get a Taika Waititi movie. Like, you know, like it's, it's shitty. I hate how they're doing this to us. Like we should be, excited that you know we're getting star wars movies in the future but no like well jesus christ at least like the fucking publishing arm can be like hey 
we're doing this thing. And granted, they dragged that announcement out way too long and shot themselves in the foot by like overhyping it. But at least I go, okay, we're doing a bunch of books in this new era where I have somebody like we have this author and this author and this author. They're all going to connect. You don't have to read them all, but they're all going to be around this time period. It's going to be a new, fun, exciting thing. It's not going to be all we do, but that's like a big focus for the next couple of years. That's great. That's what they should be doing with the movies. Yeah, but they're not. And they're just disappointing. And it just it sucks sitting here on the sidelines, like, you know, wanting to root for something that, you know, that I've loved for so long or that, you know, we've loved for so long. But it's like, I can't anymore. I can't sit here anymore and be like, you know, like, I support everything that Lucasfilm is doing. Like, it's... It's just weird for me, like, to admit that, like, they're they're really fucking up. But eh, it's okay. It happens, unfortunately. But what do you do? You know, just hope for the best in the future and hope that, you know, they learn from their mistakes. Like, you know, like anyone, you know? Huh. <sighs> Well, I think we should lighten the mood with either an email or a fuck Mary Kill. What do you think? Uh give me a, let's let's go to your fuck Mary Kill and then let's do email. Okay. So Emily suggested that I come up with a fuck Mary Kill this week. And at first I was intimidated. Was, yeah. Because it was more of an order than a suggestion. I was more, you know, nervous for this suggestion because I'm not very creative at all. And I'm not very creative at all. So I'm sitting there, like, looking at my phone being like, shit, I have to come up with something. And I thought of, like, the weirdest concept. Okay. I had to write this down so I wouldn't forget. Okay. So, you gotta choose one to fuck, marry, and kill. Okay. Number one... Ben Mendelsohn playing the role of Willy Wonka. Like, it, it's it's Ben Mendelsohn, what? but he thinks he's Willy Wonka. What, he thinks he's Willy Wonka, or he's playing Willy Wonka in a movie? No, like, he thinks he's Willy Wonka. Like, he's, he's, like, during this encounter, or your marriage, or the kill, like, he thinks he's Willy Wonka. Okay, can he be pretending to be Willy Wonka? Because otherwise it's, like, mental illness, and then there's consent issues. Okay, fine. Then playing the role of Willy Wonka. Okay. Then you have Jack Nicholson. Just just straight up Jack Nicholson. Okay. And then you have Ian McShane playing the role of Director Krennic. <sighs> okay, I got it. Oh, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> Um, I kill on Jack Nicholson. Wow, I like him, but I don't know. He's like, you know, he's like I would fuck young Jack Nicholson, because like young Jack Nicholson was fucking hot. Yeah, that dude was sexy as hell. But now I'm like, eh, I don't know. 
He's old. He's got that weird, like the fucking glasses, and he's just—I don't know. He's always—he kind of seems like an asshole. But um, uh, I'm going to fuck Willy Wonka Mendo. I mean, maybe we can just like eat candy afterwards. That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think married to Krennic as played by Ian McShane would be. Yeah. I mean, I fucking love Ian McShane. I love Krennic. And also then it's like you get to be like fucking Lady Macbeth, basically. That's fun. <laughs> Lady does? Macbeth. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I mean, that's sort of like like the dream, right? <laughs> yeah, that's screw career goals. That's my goal right there. Uh, so now I have to think what I'm gonna do. Um, I think I have to kill Ian McShane playing the role of director Krennic. Um, I just don't know if I can fuck Ian McShane or marry Ian McShane playing the role of director Krennic because, like, I don't know how that would be as a marriage, you know, especially, like, someone with, you know, the fascination and the obsession with the Death Star. So that's why I have to kill Ian McShane. Um, I'll marry Jack Nicholson. Because it's just Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson isn't playing the role of anyone. There's no games. Just Jack. And then I'll too have to fuck Ben Mendelsohn playing the role of Willy Wonka. Because you bring up a good point about the candy. You know, you can get the candy before the candy after. Like me, like I would probably go for like the, the sweet or sw- sour candies and like maybe chocolate. But I'm very specific with my chocolate and I like my chocolate frozen. Because, like, who eats, like, room temperature chocolate? Most people. I'm not most people. Um, but, yeah. And in fact, there's a whole thing that, that, that like, chocolatiers would say about, like, refrigerating chocolate. Like, you're ruining it because you're not, like, never, but never mind. That's, like, whatever your own preference is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did I do? I mean, it's... It, it was interesting. I was I I was expecting more of like a theme. So I that that was a random assortment of things. Well done. Well, thank you. I'm glad I surprised you and I'm glad that I actually did something good. I know, because at first I was thinking of like actors like portraying their actual roles, but I just would think it. I just thought the concept was funny of like actors like acting like other characters that they haven't played before, like Ben Mendelsohn as Willy Wonka. Like, at first I was gonna say Ben Mendelsohn playing the role of Captain Jack Sparrow, but like I don't know if you would have liked that one. No, like, I would have gotten very upset by that. Yeah, now I was just like ah. No, then I was like walking around and I was just, I thought of Willy Wonka for some reason. Like, I don't know why, but he just popped in my head like any normal person would just walk around and think about Willy Wonka. But 
If Willy Wonka had a theme park, it would be Hershey Park in Pennsylvania. Hopefully his chocolate's better than Hershey. Probably, but that's a very interesting park because it's not only a theme park, but it's like a water park and a zoo, too. Nothing like just, makes me want to eat chocolate than fucking smelly zoo animals. And it's like a very sad zoo, too. It's not like a like a large zoo. Like, it just, it's it's very small, very, like, I don't want to say half-assed, but half-assed. Like, it was just one of those where it's like, you, you ever, like, been to a zoo before and you, like, look around, you're like, I don't want to... This is uncomfortable for me to be here. Like, that's that's that zoo. But yeah, I'm glad I came up with this fuck, Mary kill. Okay, should we go to some email? Yeah, of course. All right, first... Up is one from our buddy Ian, who writes in quite frequently, and Ian has this to say. Hey, Cantabite Dispatch. I've been doing a lot of thinking of this lately and wanted to see what your top three movie villains are. Mine would probably be Eric Killmonger, Alex Levin, and three is harder, probably Harley Quinn. Thanks. May the force be with you. So, Brittany, top three movie villains. Shit. Well, I don't really watch movies. So, let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, the bad guy from The Patriot was really bad. I think he's on my list. I don't know his name, but he was an asshole. Killed a bunch of people. Fuck that guy. Um, let me think of like Star Wars like a good like movie villain from like Star Wars like Palpatine was always like a good villain like you know he started this whole idea of you know becoming emperor like taking down the republic like that takes like so much like thought and so much patience like that's like pure evil right there and then he comes back from the dead to let Ray know that she is a Palpatine. Like, that's some evil shit right there. So that's my number two. And number three... God, it's hard to think of a number three. Let me think of all the movies. <laughs> all of the movies. Let me think of all the movies. just trying to think of like a bad guy who's just like really really scary like I don't know you share your three and uh, let me brainstorm a third one uh I don't quite have an order for these but I'm going to go with Annie Wilkes um from Misery played by Kathy Bates she's goddamn terrifying in that movie think she won the oscar for it she at least got nominated she's so fucking good in it um jack torrance on the shining is up there but i didn't want to pick two 
people from Stephen King works. Uh, I would go Norman Bates from Psycho, Anthony Perkins, like just Hall of Fame performance. And Psycho is one of my favorite movies of all time. He's so good in it. And Anton Sugar from No Country for Old Men. Because that is like maybe one of the most terrifying performances of all time from from Javier Bardem, who is incredible in that movie and just so ice cold terrifying. And what I like about that character is there's no... There's like no humanity to dig into there. He's like he's basically like a like a fucking cyborg. Like, oh, it's so good and so cold, and just like menacing. And you never get like a oh, this is the reason this guy is like what he is. No, he's just a terrifying killer. Hmm. I don't think I've seen any of those movies that you've mentioned. You need to see Psycho. It's so good. Yeah, I'll have to add that to the list because I wanted. I was gonna try to watch Ghostbusters. Like I really, I had the purest intentions to because it was playing at the local drive-in, and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, we we were driving around. We had just got dinner, and we're like, hey, you know, let's go see how bad the drive-in was, and it, it was really bad. Like, we wouldn't have made it to our movie, and it was like two hours before it was supposed to start. Yeah, so. too bad that you can't get Ghostbusters in any other form other than the drive-in. Yeah, it is really fucking bad. I was really bummed out about that, but uh, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it by next week's episode. Like, we will be reviewing Ghostbusters next week. But it makes me think of my number three, and I think my number three is probably Pennywise, because Pennywise scares the shit out of me, just like a clown, like, targeting, like, fucking children. Okay, yeah, that works. And, like, eating them. Yeah. Scary. I did it. I came up with three villains. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Do you want to do the next one? Um... This email is titled, This is Not the Subject Line You Are Looking For. Hi, Canto Biters. With Star Wars now over for now, there are a lot of droids out of work. If you could pick one to help you out in your day-to-day life, which droid would it be? The flip side of that question, you get a droid as a gift for Christmas. Which one would be the worst to get and why? I ask this question because you say you're lacking content and I have no good ideas (laughs) right now. Death Watch, Rebecca in Perth. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, well, here's the thing is, do I go with somebody who would actually like be helpful in my life or do I just go on and do it, go with a droid that I just want to hang out with? Cause I want to hang out with BB-8. Like I just want to hang out with BB-8 all the time. But since I live in an apartment and work at a law firm and I'm not a like space fighter pilot, I feel like bb eight's not particularly useful for me, but I would get to hang out with BB-8 and that would make me happy. You could just meet my little droid friend. Yeah. So, so she said the flip side of the question is that you get a droid as a gift for Christmas. But, like, what would be, like, the worst one that you would, like, if you open up... Oh, 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 3PO. 
I don't, like, uh, he's just talking to you all the time. And he's like, I have enough anxiety. I don't need my droid to also be anxious. <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. That would just be like so stressful. Like, what am I going to do with a protocol droid anyway? I don't know. I think a protocol droid would be like really useful. Like 3PO like is useful himself. Like he, he does. He did like fucking everything for a Padme. You know, like he drives, he possibly cooks, he cleans, maybe like you could teach him how to do that. I mean, he knows like, oh, but you gotta, you gotta listen to his chatting all the time. It's what no, he's always talking. It's what noise canceling headphones are for. No, but like, what? I don't want somebody in my like. I don't want that in my life that I need to have like this thing that's supposed to help me, but I have to like go out of my way to not be annoyed by him. Well, maybe you can, like, ask him to, like, tone it down a little bit. Like, I don't think anyone in Star Wars has ever asked him to tone it down. I think they just result to telling him to stop talking or to turn yeah, him off. Yeah, and he doesn't. And he doesn't. Okay, who is a worse droid to get than 3PO? A battle droid. I mean, I don't have any use for a battle droid, but at least they don't talk all the time. Yeah. I mean, a cool droid to <gasps> repurposed IG-11. That's a good droid. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. That's a good droid. That's my pick. Never mind. Screw 3PO. You want, you want, you want nanny droid? I want nanny droid. I'm like that girl okay. in The Bachelor who had a nanny and everyone like freaked out. Like, yeah, I'm. No idea what you're talking I'm about. I'm Corinne and this is IG-11, my nanny. You know, you don't have any kids, right? You don't have to have a nanny to have kids. No, that that's the, the you don't have to. You're trying to say you don't have to have kids to have a nanny, but you're wrong. Corinne from The Bachelor had a nanny. I can have a nanny. I, I don't think you know what a nanny is. Yeah. Clean. What you have? You what you have is I think what would be called a lady's companion. If the books that I've read are give me any use at all of like Regency era shit. Okay, maybe. But yeah, I, I think pre-purposed IG-11 would be like so great. And he's so kind. And I just I think that would be like such a good time. You can teach me how to do things too. You can teach me how to cook. Because I need to learn how to cook. Because I don't cook in my house because I'm afraid to go in the kitchen or else my sister will kill me because she has claimed the kitchen is hers and hers only. Like I have to ask her to put something in the fridge because if it's not the way that she likes it, I'll get a lot of shit. So uh, that sounds like a, you just need to fucking stand up for yourself problem. There's no winning in that battle. Unfortunately, no winning. But yeah, IG Eleven would be my dude. What about uh, yeah? So what would be the worst? The worst would be three PO for you. Yeah. Okay. Um. The worst for me. There's no really other annoying droids in Star Wars. I'll just say a battle droid because like that's just scary. Like I, I open up a gift and it's like a super battle droid like. What do I need that for? Yeah. I mean, I guess like nobody would like break into your house. 
true, but that's just scary. Like, I don't know. I don't think I'd like that. But <laughs> awesome email. Thank you, Rebecca. And then we also got one from Turbo, who I know is disappointed in us. Just like, I mean, both looking at the headline and remembering that he DM'd me about this a couple weeks ago. But uh, the headline, the, the subject line is Canto No Mendo. Dearest Brito and Lindo, congrats on your 150th episode and for nearly three years together. Hope that you are both well. Sorry for being a slacker and not writing lately. I'm enjoying your Deadwood recap, but I feel like something is missing from the podcast. There's been a distinct lack of monthly Mendo movies this year. Yeah, we really dropped the ball on the whole monthly part of that. <laughs> anyway, back to his email. March is the last time you talked about Saf Dog. <laughs> soft dad Mendo in The Outsider just before the pandemic hit. What the world needs now is more Paul Benjamin Mendelssohn. I'd love to hear what you think about his latest film, Baby Teeth. It was shot in Sydney, a few suburbs away from me, near my son's high school. That film was so familiar to me, the sights and sound of the trains, the bird noises, the leafy streets. It's a fairly heavy drama with some touches of comedy dealing with drug use, terminal illness, teenage love, and suburban malaise. Oh, and it features Mendo with a mustache. If you're looking for even more Mendo and you haven't already seen it, there's the 10-year anniversary Q&A of Animal Kingdom where Mendo shows up 50 minutes late and blows in like a drunken hurricane. It's beautiful. <laughs> Take care, my friends, and may the force be with you. Uh, I did I did catch that. It's nuts. It's so funny. He is drunk off his ass and in like this, like, I guess it sort of looks like a, like a boxing robe, you know, like they wear before matches. It's one of those like silk numbers with a hood. It's it's a crazy thing. And also, it's just really cool. Like, the whole thing is cool because it's just a lot of talk about Animal Kingdom and and sort of looking back at that movie with uh, the director and Jackie Weaver and I think Joel Edgerton. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty cool because they've got some good stories about it. He just looks so happy in the picture that Turbo, or that Turbo sent us. Here's the thing, and here's why, and I knew, like, like he had DM me, be like, "Hey, have you seen Baby Teeth yet?" And I, I was so excited for that movie to come out, and I think I will really enjoy it. Quarantine, like, fucked me in terms of movie watching, and it's still like, I, even though I'm like going to the office and stuff now, I, I'm not watching anything new. The only thing I'm watching is like stuff I've already seen before or cooking shows, because I just can't deal with reality. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, I think that this Mendo movie that we possibly watch will be the last Mendo movie I'll be able to watch at work because oh, wow. oh. my time at the casino is uh, slowly coming to an end. That's right. Uh, we'll have to do like find it. You'll have to find a new tradition of how you watch those movies. But yeah, we'll get to <sighs> probably not next week because here's the other thing, which is. Because I'm doing this stupid fucking Vin Diesel podcast because I'm an idiot. Which, which, <laughs> no, I love it. It's a lot of fun. We've had some good discussion. But it also, like, that's already a movie I'm watching every week. And this week, I need to watch Saving Private Ryan, which is, like, a billion hours long. So I'm not going to be watching anything else. But maybe the week after we can get back to Baby Teeth. Can I just, like, pop on and so that I can also watch Saving Private Ryan? You can watch her as the fuck you want, but you first you got to watch Ghostbusters. 
So you're saying that I can show up if I watch both Ghostbusters and Saving Private Ryan. Do you want to talk about Vin Diesel? We're not going to really be talking much about Saving Private Ryan. We're talking about Vin Diesel in Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> and also, I'm going to try to not talk the entire time about how much I dislike Tom Hanks, but that's probably mostly what's going to be. That's that's our guy, though, is Tom Hanks. Like, just how... Now my guy. He's actually like a nice dude in real life too. Like I'm just I I get it. Like I understand that like why you don't like like Tom Hanks so much, but it just you just think he plays the same role in every movie? Well, he does with very few exceptions. And what's why I'm okay with early Tom Hanks, like Weirdo the Burbs Tom Hanks, totally fine. Since then, mostly he plays the same role, which is Tom Hanks. Also, I think he's off-putting. And I his his brand of niceness I find unsettling and fake. Well, there's fake, and then there's Ellen DeGeneres. It's fake. not like I don't think he's like a terrible person, like Ellen DeGeneres is. I just I like I I don't know. I think there's there's just something about him that I find unsettling. Yeah, that's true. But true about Ellen, not true about. I, I think Tom is fine, but I get it. But Vin Diesel's in that movie only for, like, a really short period of time, right? Because he dies before, like... Spoilers! The... Jesus Christ. Oh, I'll, God we'll, damn we'll it. That out. No! I spoilers for me! Oh, you didn't know that? I haven't seen the movie. Oh, shit. Hence me talking about the fact that I have to watch this movie I haven't that I don't want to watch. You're the fucking worst. I should Jesus go now. Well, now you're definitely not I on should... our fucking Saving Private Ryan episode. Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> I should go now. Well, you know what you should do? You should fucking go watch Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'll go watch Ghostbusters. Go... <laughs> I'll, I'll go watch Ghostbusters. To make up for my fumble. <sighs> and we'll watch the Mendo movie, too. But uh, do you want to get to Deadwood before you? Oh God, damn me? it! We still have a whole fucking segment to do. Yeah, let's talk about Deadwood. <sighs> episode eleven was a good episode. Did you watch it too? Yeah, I did. I watched it last night and this morning. You watched it two times? No, I watched half of it, and then I watched uh, half of it. I was going to say, wow. It was a good episode. I mean, there was a lot to unpack here. There's a lot going on, because we're getting, like, the next episode is the season finale. God, we're already there? Yeah. Wow. 12 episode seasons. Holy shit. That's short. Well, you know, it's HBO. That's what they do. One of them might be 13. I don't know. But. Yeah. We got a couple things going on. One, you get Jewel going to Doc Cochran because she has seen this picture of this leg brace that she thinks will help her walk. Because she has. I, they never say, I believe it's CP. But anyway, she comes and she's like, okay, you know, it always annoys Al because I'm always dragging my foot. And Doc is like, first of all, tell Al to go fuck himself. But <laughs> she's so she's so earnest about it and really wants help that the Doc agrees, although he is worried 
because what he's worried about is if he like if she like if he gives her a brace that doesn't work well and she ends up more hurt and yeah. and there's this really beautiful and sad scene when she is walking to docks and you see like people on the street making fun of her you see her fall down and like everybody just looking at her and it's heartbreaking and i love jewel i know i think her sarcasm is really funny because i i think i remember like al like saying that she left you know to go to doc cochran's because she was pregnant well you get because she just says it because because he asked her why she was over there and she goes i'm knocked up and it's just like the best because she doesn't like she's just like walking across the the bar and like doesn't even stop. She's just, like I'm knocked up and keeps on walking and it's so good. Uh, you, we also see that the Reverend is deteriorating quite rapidly, and they get some brilliant Al in this episode because a couple times in this episode you just see him watching him. And like, because Al's up at his balcony drinking and he's watching the doc who is like, uh, has just like, he's like, just like giving like random like sermons on the street, like stumbling around really in bad shape. And the second time you see him watching him, Al has tears in his eyes and it's really effective. Yeah, it's it's really sad. Like I I know that he gives shit to everyone, but I think that he definitely has a spot spot, soft spot for the for the pastor because like he's just so it it just it's so sad. Like seeing him every episode, his health deteriorating. Like he doesn't even remember like scriptures or you know when he's asked to help someone pray. Like he doesn't remember. And then he's going on about, like, he, he was doing, like, some scripture or something, but he kept talking about, like, circumcision or something. Yeah. And then, like, he just didn't know what he was talking about. And that's just, like, really heartbreaking. Yeah. And at the at the end of the episode, we get Al um, giving this, like, Shakespearean soliloquy, basically, about how somebody needs to kill him to put him out of his misery. I thought he was going to kill him right there on the balcony. <laughs> Dude, it's intense. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Well, do you know what else is a lot? Uh, Alma's dad. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, but, but we'll get to that in a second. Emily, we finally have some romance of Bruin in Deadwood. And it's not good because it costs a lot of money to, for a free flock. <laughs> yeah, so Saul and Trixie finally have sex, but Al finds out about it and because, like, look, like, it's easy to, to like, get into the the, like the bits of humanity on Al, but it's important to remember that he's still a fucking monster. And due to, you know, I would say is like d- d- weird possessive jealousy with Trixie. Uh, he is, he is not pleased to learn about this and says to, to Saul, like, because he tells Saul to pay him and Saul refuses. Cause he's like, this wasn't anything to do with you. But then Al says like, you pay or she does. 
and and it's sad it's also sad because at first Saul thinks that Trixie told Al about it but really it's that Seth said something to him because Seth walks in on them because it's in the hardware shop that they're having sex so he goes over to Al and then they have this whole other conversation but at the end of he's like the only reason I'm even here talking to you is because my partner's fucking Trixie fucking Seth to Seth's credit he does immediately like because Saul says to Seth later like I think Trixie must have must have said something to him and Seth is like uh he immediately admits it it's like no I'm so sorry that was me I'm an idiot I like their friendship me too. I still think it's like awful, but like kind of funny that he's charging five dollars for a fuck and seven for an ass fuck. <laughs> like that's so Al. Yeah. Oh, the other one well, of the other things before we get to Alma's dad, uh there is now a sheriff in Deadwood, uh, Cons Tableton, who is a piece of shit. But uh so Tom Noddle, who owns like another saloon, he owns a saloon that uh while Bill got killed in like Khan goes to him like being like, can you please talk Al into letting me be sheriff? Cause Khan knows what's what. And that is that if Al doesn't approve of this, it ain't happening, but it is. And it's like, I like this. I like the, the, when we get these moments of what the camp was like before the show started, because we haven't seen much interaction or any at all between Tom and Al, but we get this, like, Tom goes to him as a friend. It's like, please do this as a favor to me, because I feel like the camp's getting away from me. And we learn that, like, Tom was already there when Swearingen and Dan first came into town. And that, I think that's a nice little bit. Yeah. I love how jealous Seth is, too, or just how pissed off he is that he's... I mean, like, I know that he probably didn't want to be the sheriff, but the fact that some assholes, the sheriff, is, like, really, like, insulting to him. Yeah, and what I like also here is it, this is another interesting aspect of, of Swearingen, which is Swearingen repeatedly tells Seth, I would be fine with you being sheriff. And I like the idea that Al, who is this horrible, murderous criminal would still rather have an honest, respectable guy be sheriff. Yeah. I, that's the interesting thing about Al is that Al talks like so much shit, but he keeps it real with you. Yeah. There's a great, I love his, I love his relationship with Seth and, just it just each episode I find a new reason to fear and love Al. Yeah, and we get a little bit more uh like we learn some uh fucked up shit about Al's childhood. Um and his mother, like leading him in an orphanage to go be a prostitute somewhere. Uh it's pretty dark. <laughs> Yeah, all while he's getting head, right? Yeah. There's this great there's this great quote about Al. I uh I can't remember. It it hasn't happened yet. But it is um 
when he ate lion, Al's the most honorable ba- man you'll ever meet. And I think it's such a, it, it's sort of, in some ways, the whole, like, thesis of that character. Which is, when, when he's not, like, running some scheme, he will absolutely be completely honest and upfront with you. And honestly, even when he is running a scheme, he'll, pr- like, be completely honest and upfront about the fact that he's doing it. Yeah, like, you know, in the beginning of the episode, when he sees Tracy looking outside, and he's like, yeah, go take take the uh, afternoon off. Go see the child. And then I'm like, oh, that's really nice. But then, like, she goes to see Saul, and I'm like, fuck! <laughs> the second he does something nice, like, and I get it. Like, she's she's free to do whatever the fuck she wants. But, like, that's just, it's like, damn it. Like, the one time when he's like, yeah, you know, do your own thing, yeah. and... Um, oh, one of the other important things here is Al makes a deal with Mr. Adams, who is now no longer looking like his mother fucked a monkey because he cut his hair, but he agrees to kill the magistrate who has the warrant out on Al. Awesome. Nice haircut. I like him. Well, he's great. But then, yeah, Alma's dad. Yikes. Uh, played by the dad from Boys Meets World, who's also the guy from American History X, so he has a he has a history of playing assholes. But he is a piece of shit on the show. So, like, what to you makes him the biggest piece of shit? Uh, stuff that we can't get into until you see the next episode. But in this, it is like, and and it's sort of interesting how quickly everybody picks up on what a piece of shit this guy is. But is obviously like angling to take control of Alma's claim. Yeah, he seems pretty awful. Like even like their first interaction, like when she kisses him, like oh, who's that? That it's her. Mm, yeah, it's it's never explicitly said and I don't even know if it is entirely the intention of it but there's like besides the fact that he's a degenerate piece of shit there's also like something creepy there where you go like I don't know whether you're supposed to think there was like some sort of like like sexual abuse when she was a kid but there's something there that's wrong I uh, yeah I think I think that interaction kind of you know steered me into that direction unfortunately because it just it seemed like I was like oh like Alma has another boyfriend somewhere but oh my god fuck it's her dad <laughs> and she is she's so on guard around him yeah and like so obviously uncomfortable that he's there and again, like we'll get more of him being a piece of shit. One of the one of the things I loved is that because they go to to Farnham's for dinner, and then you get Farnham like being a creep and watching them through like this people. But it's him talking about like recognizing that this guy is a piece of shit. And so when you have the most weaselly character on your show, like instantly, like being like, "Oh, that guy's bad news." I think that's it's it's really funny. But also, like, a good way to be like, okay, he must be bad news if, if like, this guy can recognize him like that. Shit knows shit. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, 
I don't even like seeing like he just it's uncomfortable his presence Mm. like even though I know like not much about him like just you know the whole you know that he invites Seth over for dinner you know the whole speech she gives to Sophia about how the men go outside and you know talk shit and the women stay inside and gossip and yeah and like the he brings up that Brahms family suspects that she has something to do with his death but it's not he doesn't bring it up in like a concerned like we need to fix this way it's like something to hold over her kind of way yeah or just that they i don't even think they gave a shit about baram anyways i mean they probably just like sold him off to marry her or the other way around uh yeah it's it's the other way around yeah but uh and uh, like the because when he and when he and seth go on that walk and he's talking about how you know he he knew that brahm like worshipped alma and like but he he was saddened that she was obviously like unhappy but maybe she could be happy with seth and seth is like uh i have a wife and kid who are going to be coming to town and, and he's just like, eh, whatever. That's fine. That doesn't mean she can't be happy with you. And I'm like, that's some swell parenting. But hey, if it's inevitable to dad that, you know, that they might get together, then I don't know what else is. Like, it's obvious. I mean, God, he's already had dinner with dad. Like, he's in. <laughs> And I, I think that theirs will be, like, more... Because I feel like I was surprised the way that Seth and Trixie, like, their first, like, encounter went. But I don't know. I'm I'm eager to see the next episode, like, how Seth and Alma are, uh, you know, going to embrace for the first yeah. time. Uh, well, we'll get there for on, on uh, what you feel the romance factor is there after, after that happens. Uh, the... Uh- Oh no! <laughs> no, it's just I uh, know I don't that the circumstances are, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll you'll see. Oh God, he's a kinky mofo. Is he? <laughs> That's not where I was. It's not the act itself that I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that's calming. I thought that Seth was this this like uh, I don't even know. But okay, I. I'm eager to see what happens next episode now with the details I have. Yeah. It's the, I mean, we're, we're, you know, like I said, it's the finale. So we're ramped up. We've also got all the, uh, shit stirring that Cy Tolliver's having Leon do about how outrageous it is that, you know, they killed a white man and turned him over to the Mr. Wu and his pigs. And, uh, Lot, lot, lot more super racist language being used there. That's always, it's always a bummer. But uh, yeah, that's all gonna come to a head. Yeah, but I mean, you're almost through the first season. I know. I I'm really enjoying Deadwood. I look forward to every week at work on Friday nights watching Deadwood. Yay. Yeah, I love it. I really do like the show. Like, I knew I would like it from because 
I'm a sucker for westerns. Like, I feel like every time I would go, like, visit, like, my aunt and uncle when they used to live in um, Denver, like, I'd go downstairs and there was always some, like, western playing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm with family. And that's how I knew was when westerns are playing. So, I like it. Makes me feel at home. But also, like, there's a lot of interesting concepts like Al and scary-ass people. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that you've kept on watching it. Um, okay, so thank you to Anne and Becca and Turbo for sending us email this week. If you want to send us email, uh, cantobitepod at gmail Way to do that. You can also send us fuck Mary kills or whatever or top threes like Ian did. Um, podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at cantobitepod. I am on Twitter and Instagram. At EF Lind, uh, you can listen to my. I do two other podcasts. One is the Pop Culture Hour, which is formerly Rogue One, um, and that's up on YouTube as well as the podcast form. And I also do Fan and the Furious. Previously, we went through all the Fast and the Furious movies, and now we are making our way through Vin Diesel's filmography. And those episodes will start coming out next month. So if you like Vin Diesel or are interested in Vin Diesel, please check that out. Fan and the Furious. Uh, Brittany, where are you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. Great. Um, let's see. Uh, again, like check out the Steel Wars episode we did. Oh, I wanted to plug the podcast uh, Sisters with Sabres, which um, there are only a couple episodes up so far. They've been really good. Um talking about being uh the experience of being women of color in the fandom and they are they've had some great discussion but are also like really like funny and smart so please check out their show yeah check them out they are really awesome uh, other than that, not much to say, but um, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. Fuck all the rest. Be a Kanto bitch. Brittany the Jinch and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kendall Bitch number one.